You are now tuned in to the Edge Work Podcast with David Panyota, Dennis Bernstein, and Zach Bodenstein. Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Work Podcast alongside David Panyota and Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period. I'm Zach Bodenstein, and the trade deadline is over. We're back to sleeping, not refreshing Twitter. David's like the most thankful for this out of anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was trade deadline month. It yeah. wasn't trade deadline day. So um, I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm very happy it's over. Uh, yep. And <laughs> uh, and we got a playoff push coming, so I'm looking forward to that. But also sleep. Um, yes. Lots of sleep, nice. less of this. <laughs> Definitely the healthier way to go about it, for sure. Right. Yeah, no. exactly. All that. All that the Red Bull and coffee and espresso and my best friend's my espresso machine right now. Well, I mean, it kept you alive, it kept you afloat during that whole madness. I mean, we're going back to the Bo Horvat trade. We're talking about a month, like you yeah. said, nonstop yeah. movement, things back and forth. I assume a lot of things were close and then didn't end up happening. There were reports of JVR going to Detroit and he wasn't going to Detroit. What happened there, if you know at all? It's it's still a little bit of a head scratcher because I don't know if Detroit was the end destination. Um, right. Like I, I think there was there there was some talk. I haven't been able to confirm it, but there was some talk that they would get him, move him to another team, take back a deal, because um, they retained on three. So th- there were just some question marks there. And then Stevie Eisenman coming out saying we were never going to buy, um, which I think was true, but. It's it just a weird situation. A lot of people thought it was done. I think, like, I don't know who reported it first, whether it was Dregs or us or Elliot or whomever, but around the same time, everybody kind of got the same amount of information and we're like, okay, well, like, it's Detroit, this is weird. Um, and then it didn't happen. So Detroit ended up pulling the shoot on it. But I think there was another deal that was coming that resulted in JVR going somewhere else. But regardless, it, it didn't happen. Wouldn't have made much sense if Detroit were to buy after all the assets they sold off. So I guess that would make the most sense. Uh, DB, a lot of deals were made, though, and some teams loaded up, some Mm -hmm. not so much. In your mind, pick one per conference. Who were your winners of the trade deadline, DB? Okay, so if I can put uh, Dimitri Olof on my third pair and Tyler Bertuzzi on my third line, and I've lost eight games in regulation this season, I won. Boston. And I know what the Rangers did, and I applaud them for addressing their right wing situation. But the Bruins adding those two players, you can, and I know they're banged up up front with Hall and Felino, but still, to add that quality on top of what they have, <laughs> I don't know. I, Zach, maybe it's just their year. Yeah. Those were just that, just half the way alone. Like, half the way is Marshawn without any offense. Like he's that agitator, that grinder, that in-your-face kind of guy, and he fits the mold of the Boston Bruins perfectly. So I, I like that. Dennis mentioned Dmitry Skorlov or Orlov with two R's or whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, you know, he just he fits he fits in great. And yeah, by playoff time, freaking Tyler Bertuzzi's on your third line. That's pretty good. I know he wasn't having a good season in in Detroit, um, but whatever. You put him in a different environment, a better environment. He gets back to the basics. He gets his basics, and it's it's a lot. So, uh, yeah, Boston, 
right up there. Uh, no quite the, the thing is, like, I like a lot of the moves that a lot of teams make. Like, I like what Toronto ended up doing. I, I, I like what Tampa did in bringing in Janot, regardless mm-hmm. of what they gave up. Um, you know, I like Dallas. Make, I thought Dallas would do a little more, but I like the fact that they brought in a couple of pieces, Dadnov and, and Domi. Um, so, I, like, I, I like New Jersey Meyer. with Meyer. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, was just about to say. Meyer, and that's a long-term play. So, I mean, all of that, um, I, I like what a lot of teams did. I like what the Rangers did. Every team that added, every top-tier team that added, it made sense to me. It still makes sense to me. The Rangers, they'll figure out their little rut and get out of that. But I, I, I don't want to give a cop-out answer, but, like, every major team that made big moves, all those moves made sense. Yeah, a lot of teams loaded up, and they all – you're right. They made sense because they addressed certain issues. We, you touched on Dallas for a second. In your mind, was that the West team that prevailed the most from deals? We saw L.A. make a trade. Colorado made a more minor one. So we talked a lot about the East, but in the West, what's the team that stood out to you? You know, I, I, so you mentioned L.A. Like, I, and, and I know DB is going to hit on this. Like, I like the Gavrikov ad, and Corpus Allo, in a better environment is a better goalie than what we've seen from Jonathan quick with all due, like, I love Jonathan quick, but he's having a bad year. He was in LA. Now that situation could have been handled a hell of a lot differently and better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, I like those ads. Like I said, I like the Dallas ads. I thought Dallas could have done a little bit more. Um, they were looking for a defenseman by the end of it. Time just kind of ran out. So they weren't able to pull that off. Um, but I like the fact that they brought in Domi, who's having a good year. He's on an upswing, talent, uh, uh, performance-wise, rather. He's going to be a free agent again. You know he's going to want to cash in properly. So I, I like that ad. I like Ekholm in, in yeah. uh, Edmonton. Like, that's exactly what they – all this Carlson and Klingberg stuff that they were going at. Like, how much freaking offense do you need? Like, Connor, Leon, every like, Hyman and Nuge and all these guys. You, you needed a shutdown guy. You needed a responsible, smart shutdown guy, Matias Ekholm. They needed defensive um, two-way styles on their bottom six, Nick Bukestad. Like, they made some strong additions that fit. Is it enough? I don't know because of that goaltending. But those were smart additions that the Edmonton Oilers made. So I like them. I like what L.A. did. I like what, um, what Dallas did. I don't know if it's enough for Winnipeg. And Colorado's just chilling, waiting, ready to pounce. And that's probably worrying everybody. DB? Uh, well, L.A., because they addressed the two needs of area of opportunity, right? They needed a left-side defenseman. They chased yep. Chikrin. Um, they got Gavrikov. And I joke with Gavrikov after their, their last win. I said, look, you guys are 3-0. and You ready to sign an extension here? <laughs> um, so he goes, yeah, I am. I'm like, okay. That's some breaking news, but uh, and the goaltending situation is they've mentioned, so they address specific needs. Same thing with Edmonton; they needed that left side defenseman that could shut down people. So no question. But Dave, I, I same thing that I echo the same sentiments Dave does. They need saves in the playoffs, right? They have enough offense. Like you know, you traded off Chase, uh, Tyson Barry because you got enough, and I'm sure Bruce Shaw will run the power play fine. Uh, so I think those are the two. And Dallas, yeah, they didn't to make an ad, but I certainly think because of addressing specific needs that you know have been there, L.A. and Edmonton, to me, are the two top movers uh, in the West of the trade deadline. 
DB, in the spirit of the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, who struck out looking in the trade deadline? Who are the losers? All right, well, in the East, I, you know, we mentioned the JVR at the top, so he didn't get traded. The Flyers, I, I just – I don't know what Chuck's doing over there. So that not to make any moves like that. I think number one uh, uh, with the non-playoff teams, the playoff teams, uh, unless Puyarvi is going to turn into Max Pacioretty, right? I, I don't like what Carolina did. And look, they did an under the radar move. Shane Gossesburg had a great season. Very good. Yep. For for Arizona, and that was a solid move. But they didn't replace what they were losing in Max Pacioretty. So, and that's my concern with this team. Look, I picked them to win the cup. I still love them. They don't give up a lot. But I look at the goal totals on the team. There's a lot of guys in the teens. I, I get nervous, especially if it's Devils-Rangers in the first round. The Rangers get pat, get through. The Rangers are not scared of the Carolina Hurricanes. Like They, they beat them last year in the playoffs because their best players played great. They went down there a couple of weeks ago to Carolina. The Rangers won 6-2. Breadman scored four goals. And now they have Tarasenko and Kane. That, that's the concern I have. I, I just don't think Carolina, they needed to add more offense up front. They may win it all. They're a really good team. If they play the Bruins in the conference final, it could be a, a game seven, three, two final in overtime. Uh, but I, I they needed to add one more player. That was my concern. Because Pugliarvi, like I said, unless he morphs into Max Pacioretty, and I don't think so. Um, the, I, I'm not sure there's going to be enough front to get through the East the way it is this year. And Dave? Yeah. yeah I, I, you know what? I don't even – there's all the talk. Well, they didn't have Pacioretty. They only had him for five games. Yeah, but he was supposed to be that deadline acquisition, effectively, because he yeah. was hurt. And right. so they, they wanted to have that boost in offense. And then they didn't get it. And I, I agree with DB. Like, I love the Gostaspare ad, but that's in the back end. And he's going to benefit the power play as he has already. But they needed to get somebody up front. So I'm, I'm concerned with how this is going to move forward for, this, for the Carolina Hurricanes because everybody else got that much better. Um, in the East, Philly, WTF <laughs> across the board. Like Justin Braun wasn't even freaking traded. Right. Because the other guy, yep. Now they moved out Patrick Brown pending UFA, but you're telling me you couldn't get a six round pick or something similar for, for Justin Braun? And JVR, they waited too long. They, they pulled in Arizona, except they had no more time. Oh, wait, so, Dave, they got Brendan Lemieux, yeah. too. Okay, that fifth-round pick. Right, yeah. Brendan Lemieux, who was allegedly, reportedly, falling out of favor in L.A. anyway. Um, and there were some some back-end issues there. So, mm -hmm. and, and, by the way, I, I and you know what? Totally forgot about that. Zach McEwen to L.A. Beautiful. Brilliant. Add that toughness in. He's a guy that can keep up in their bottom six in their fourth line. Sorry, I got to get back to that because that, that's, that's a primo. Like, that is an important mm -hmm. add for a team that when you get into the postseason and you've got star guys that you don't need getting dirty, Dowdy, Kopi, Fiala, Kempe, and so on, Byfield and all the and, and the younger kids on that team. You don't need them doing the dirty work. And Gavrikov's not afraid to muck things up, but you brought him in for a reason too. Adding Zach McEwen holds other teams accountable. Love that ad. Um, so I like what Philly did moving him out, but overall, um, yeah, I question I question what what Philly ended up, you know, pulling off there or not pulling off. Um, and we know there's going to be talks in the offseason. We have a report this morning on the fourth period that they're they're seriously contemplating a front off uh, front office overhaul, with which includes 
GM and, and probably an AGM and, and even some of the advisors and whatnot in Philly. So we're probably going to hear some noise once the regular season ends in Philadelphia. Yeah. Maybe well, that's why they couldn't make big moves. One thing's for sure. That team looked destined for something great during the COVID year and then things shut down and in the bubble, they couldn't get it done. But since then it's just been a whole level of mediocrity and kind of inactivity as well. So uh, certainly it would be interesting to see what happens in Philly. A team that I don't expect to have a lot of overhaul in their front office is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won the Eastern Conference three years in a row. They've won two Stanley Cups out of the last three. Guys, this team is not this bad, but this is probably the worst stretch we've seen under this regime so far. And this is even going back to, to 2014, 2015, uh, when they made the first Cup final appearance with this club uh, with this squad. Uh, Dave, what's going on in Tampa right now? You've got 20-something games. You've got some injuries on the back end now. How do you figure it out? I think they're just screwing with us. <laughs> like, they're, they're, just, they're, they're too good. Um, it's, it, they, they hit a rut. They got a little ahead of themselves. They needed to come back down to earth a little bit. And if somebody's able to do that and do it the right way that resonates with the guys, it's John Cooper. So what he's saying publicly He's saying tenfold privately, and he's making sure the guys know before he goes out there and rips them a little bit in the media. Um, and I don't blame him for, for that either. Uh, they needed a little kick in the pants, a little boost, and they got it. Better performance against Philadelphia, 5-2 win uh, Tuesday night. They needed that. Even just a confidence boost. And, yeah, I know it's Philly, but just a confidence booster of playing a better game and getting a W and doing it with, when you're not super tight. So because it was a 5-2 game. Um, but I think, I think they'll be okay. I think this is just a little mid-season rut that they were in. Like the Rangers, a bit of a mid-season rut right now. I think they get out of it. I think, you know, things start to wake up there in, in Manhattan. But with Tampa specifically, a bit of a rut. Guys got, you know, a little too comfortable and just needed to be reminded that you're still playing in the NHL. Well, they've given up a lot of goals, Zach, so it's clear they needed to trade for a goaltender at the trade deadline. <laughs> was doing. Right, exactly. Uh, here's the thing. What are they playing for right now? They know who they're going to play. They don't care about home ice. So what difference does it make? Like, they, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. They're going to play Toronto. It's going to be a long series. They have the better goaltender. I, 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 yeah, should you panic? Why would this team panic? They made the cup final three years in a row. And yep. this is game 62 in a season that now we already predetermined who they're going to play. So is it concerning? Yeah. A, a, a brilliant move by Coop to, to bench those guys. Like the one thing you want to do, get people's attention, piss them off for one game, and everybody goes home and says kumbaya and loves each other by the next game, and they go be Philly 5-2. So I, I'm not concerned. I don't really care. The, last, the only thing in the last 20 games, don't get hurt. Like the only thing they should be concerned themselves about. So – if you ever want to use load management, like that's the team because they're always ahead of the curve with stuff like trading nine guys or whatever it was for Tanner Janot. I love that trade. It's probably my own favorite trade because the guy identified somebody. He said, I don't care what he costs and all these other picks that I gave away, they're not going to turn into players in the NHL. Brilliant. So the same thing. You might see load management from this team where, where Hedman sits out and Stammer sits out and Cooch sits out. Maybe this is the team that, that does it because now – we're actually drifting towards the NBA because of all this activity, the trade deadline that we were trading picks from 2026, yeah. which I thought I'd never see. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So worried about Tampa. I'll worry about Tampa when it's when they're down three, two in the first round 
um, in, in game six. That's when I start worrying about this team. Well, up until then, until they play an elimination game, I'm not worried about it. Well, it's Toronto, so I don't know how worried I'd really be, given their track record. Uh, but you're right. Like, 11 points ahead of Florida, the next closest team that could catch them in in the in the uh, in the Atlantic Division, like they, I think they're just yeah. They, they again, they got a little too comfortable. Just needed to be reminded. Like it's okay to lose right now, but don't don't get sh- don't put up donuts in the second period against a team like Carolina where you're, when you're trying to send a message to them. Unless you're mind bleeping them, mm-hmm. um, like I don't even know the benefit of doing that at this stage. So yeah, DB's right. They know they're going to play the Leafs. The Leafs know they're going to play Tampa. Leafs had home ice last year, I think. Um, Tampa still got the job done. I don't think they're too worried. What I love about the Jeannot train, DB, is everybody's talking about Meyer as a future play. Jeannot's only 25. He's got RFA rights, so this is a guy who could stick around. We've seen them get these value deals done as well, boys, with uh, guys like Brandon Hagel, who I, I guess was already under contract. But these guys are affordable, and they're sticking around for a while. So. Nick Paul. No trade. And it, 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 you're, you're trading away picks that probably won't end up being players either. And the, the other thing, guys, just quickly, if this team starts to flounder in two, three years, the amount of dra- trade capital they have to recoup those picks, you worry about it then. Exactly. Yeah. My DB's muted. Got him. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Rams fan. Yeah, so, like, yeah, we won five games this year in L.A. Rams, but we won a Super Bowl two years ago because we traded all those damn picks. Like, right. that, that's that's the price you pay, right? Exactly. Trade you, off. Can, you know what? You can't worry about, like, three years from now if you're a general manager in this league. Like, you might not be around. So, the trading these, of, of these picks, I, I just think it's great. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah, look, Tampa Bay, I, I've said this a couple of weeks now. Breeze Boss playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers in this league. Like he makes ahead of the move, ahead of the move curve, ahead of the curve moves, and they seem to pay off. And yep. is that like, yeah, maybe Boston gets through. Anybody going to be shocked if Tampa comes out of that division? No one is, right? Because they still have the goalie who's been proven in the playoffs, and that's a big difference between Tampa and Toronto. On paper, pound for pound, like they're very similar teams. Yep. Until you go to the net, and then we'll see what happens. We've been talking about this on the show for a while that they like to coast. And then when it really matters, they really start to turn up the heat. So yeah. never count out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Doesn't look good right now. But I had a Leafs fan say to me yesterday, they don't look good. I, I'd rather them look bad right now than closer to the playoffs. I said, would you? I mean, they're going to start catching fire at some point. We know. So uh, we'll keep yeah. an eye on the Tampa Bay Lightning and see if they're able to turn it around. A big win yesterday against the – I know it's the Flyers. But uh, they look pretty good in that. Three power play goals. Maybe that turns the team around. Uh, a lot of teams on the bubble, Dave, you mentioned the Florida Panthers, so that's one of them. A lot of teams have these more or less split odds to get in or out. So we're going to do a little in and out segment here to see who in your mind gets in the playoffs, who gets out. And then you guys also have the option to place no bet. If you don't want to touch it, you don't have to. So we're going to start with the New York Islanders, DB. Uh, New York Islanders plus 105 to get in the postseason, minus 135 to miss it. So what do you see with the Islanders this year? Well, I vacillate with the Islanders because, like, a month ago I said they're definitely getting in, and then two weeks ago, like, they lost a bunch of games. Uh, because because of goaltending and defense and, and not really believing in the other teams that's in that group, I yep. will say they're in. And Dave? Yep. I agree. Um, I, I think 
you know, with Matt Barzell, with the team staying in it and, and, and staying in in terms of a wild card spot, I think Barzell comes back a little sooner than expected and helps give this team a bit of a, a, bit of a boost. I think they stay in. See if J.G. Pajo comes back, too. That's a big piece they're missing right now. So if they get healthy, they can certainly make some noise. How about the Buffalo Sabres? DB loves this team. Thinks they're so much fun. Talks about them all the time. Right now, the odds say that they miss the postseason. They're plus 300 to get in, DB. Minus 400 to miss. You know, Zach, I think it was last week. I started thinking, okay, so who could beat the Bruins in the first round? Like, is there a team that really could upset them with a great season? I'm like, um, and maybe it's a team that scores a lot. Who scores a lot? Oh, the Sabres. Like, they have what? They, the best or second best offense in the league? And then they went to Boston and proceeded to lose 7-1. <laughs> and that's what this team is about. Like, they look so good on some nights. They look really, really good. And then they just lay giant dinosaur eggs on the ice. They're too much of a tease for me. If I'm betting on them, I'm not betting on them to, to make the make the playoffs. It's great to see people back in the building. You saw that the building last night against Edmonton and Connor McDavid, which you hope they would. Uh, but I just don't think it, it, it's, they're going to come up a bit short because they're way too inconsistent. They're not enough good defensively. So I'd say no on the Sabres right now. Dave? I concur. I think they're the, they're the teasiest team to ever tease this year because they get right there and then they lose three in a row. Right and then they, they right. win four. So and close. And they're they fall back again. Like, I, I just, I can't figure it out. Like, again, and we've talked about this all season. They are going to be in the playoff mix next year. They will. No question. They're going to add. They're going to get better. They're following the path that Kevin Adams and his staff have mapped out. I like the Greenway addition. Get him in there. Get some confidence mm. under this kid again. Yep. And, but yep. but it's, it's like, don't expect him to, to, to be a big impact guy this year. But get him eased into the system and get him going for next season and on. So I think I think they're cute, but <laughs> there's just not enough for me to go all the way. Yeah, there's so much to like about this team right now going forward. Jeff Skinner is playing like himself again. You've got some really exciting young players. Like you've got guys like Peyton Krebs on your third line and stuff like that. Yeah. I love Oposo as a leader. I think this group can really gel and do some damage next year. Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins coming out yeah. to show this season the way he's performing. Um, I, I love it. I, I really, really like this team, but they're not there yet. So the Buffalo Sabres, both of you say, will be out of the postseason picture for this season. How about the Ottawa Senators, Dave? They add Jacob Chikrin at the deadline. They move some money around to make that happen with Nikita Zaitsev going out to Chicago. Right now, heavy favorites to miss the playoffs. They're minus 1,000 to miss the playoffs, plus 640 to get in. Are you a Sens believer, or is the magic just run out? From a pure betting standpoint and taking risks, I would take the plus 600. This tells me I'm going to lose money. So this tells me I want to take that bet. This tells me I'm going to lose my bet. Um, I, I think I don't think they make it. Um, similarly, similarly, hold on. Similarly to Buffalo, I like this team. I like the makeup. They got to make some changes in the summer. I love the Chikrin ad, but I think they're going to come up just short. Did your heart watch the game against Chicago? Well, obviously yeah. <laughs> you didn't. The heart didn't watch that game. No, That's the, the game broken. that you that you the win easily. <laughs> 
that's the game yeah. you win easily and you move on to the next. Yep. And not that they lost it. How they yeah. lost that game. You're not ready to make the playoffs. You're not ready. It's okay. Nope. Great nope. season. Love Brady Kachuk going to war against everybody. Went to fight the whole freaking team. <laughs> you watch that game. Who watched some? That's like Who the, some? That, that's the Buffalo-Boston game. 7-1. Oh, we're close. Yeah. That's worse loss. That's a worse loss. Now, can they bounce back from? Of course, if they're pros, you hope they bounce back from. You watch that game, you're saying, okay, this team is not emotionally prepared to win yet. They're too young. There's too many holes. And because of that, and look, the people back in the building in Ottawa, which is another great thing, but I, I can't pick them to make the playoffs. I just can't. Right there. Just like Buffalo. Right, right there. Different discussion next season. Definitely makes for a, a very interesting Atlantic race next year. We're talking about Buffalo and Ottawa now being in the mix with the big three. Maybe Florida turns some things around because they're starting to play some better hockey too. It's actually the next team we're going to talk about here. The Florida Panthers looked like there was no way they were going to get in. At the start of the year, they were a shoe-in. Boston was supposed to be the bubble team. Things have really flipped around. But Florida's got some good players having good years. They're getting healthier as well. The goaltending's starting to come along, Dave. But the odds makers still say they missed the playoffs at minus 200. They're plus 160 to get in. This is an interesting one. Do you think they make it above the cut line? I'm not touching it um, just because it's not worth it for me on, on either end. Because this team, they look so good. They, they're, they're the other tees, but they're a different kind of tees. They look so good, and then it's like they turn their back on you. Like at least Buffalo's trying most nights, but Florida, they they do so much, and then they're like, yeah, and then they just kind of drift away. And that's how I view them. So, can they do enough and maybe push? You know, I don't know, uh, uh, Pittsburgh, excuse me, out of the mix. Maybe, but maybe not. I, I'm not. I'm not sold in either direction of Florida. Would I be shocked if they made it? No, probably surprised. Well, the last two wins against Pittsburgh and then last night against Vegas yeah. were impressive because they only gave up one goal. True, they won four one and two one. So, if I had to bet one team, Zach, to make the postseason, uh, I would have the Islanders out, Panthers in. So I think that that's what it's going to come down to because it, they are a more veteran team. They have more established stars. Um, I, I would like this team. I, I still like the Islands over the Panthers. Uh, I, I think they have uh, – Pittsburgh has games in hand, so I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to fall out. The one team that I would think – I really think there's nine for eight in the East, and I think the ninth team right is, is the Panthers. So if, if the Islanders were to play uh, replaced by a team, it would probably be Florida. Yeah, definitely an interesting race in the East right now. So Pittsburgh, not really convincing many people. A big win yesterday, big comeback win, but it was Columbus. Yeah. They've also never missed the playoffs under the Sidney Crosby regime. So we'll see if Pittsburgh ends up sliding out, but you're probably right, DB. I'm with you there. Calgary, is Jacob Markstrom good now? Who knows? What is this team? What has this team been all year? Markstrom's starting to play better. Huberto's getting some points. It's been a very weird year in Calgary, DB. That said, odds makers still say they're minus 200 to miss the playoffs, plus 160 to get in. Can Calgary turn things around here? Because the goaltending was such a strength last year. It's starting to come along. Big win against Minnesota yesterday. Uh, I would say not no, but hell no. But I'll, I'll just say no because I'm not liking Winnipeg right now. They're really backing up. They're 2-6-2 two, and two in the last 10. Um, they're four points ahead. Uh, they have a game in hand. On Calgary, that that's the concern. Yeah, and look, they had two big wins. 
Todd Tofoli's been a godsend for this team. Like, if he wasn't on this team, and I know Marcus yeah. playing better, he scored big, big goals for this team when they really needed games. And but they're an average team. They're a 500 team. I mean, if they, if they had lost, if they hadn't got a break last night on that offside goal. They would have lost 14 games in regular after regulation in 65 games. They just don't score enough. And again, we didn't talk about winners to lose, but they didn't have like they added Richie and. And, and stature, and like that's your ads at the deadline when you can't score. Like it, it's, um, I, I would say no at this point in time. And if it's a no, then then you might see some seismic changes in in Calgary's days reported over the last month or so. You will. You're not. You, you, you might. It, there's no might. There, there's going to be. Um, I'm staying off it because Winnipeg scares me a little with how they're doing. But I mean, Connor Hellebuck has been phenomenal. So. I, like this might this might be their their little stretch rut that they're in. Um, so just from a purely you never know standpoint, I'm gonna stay off it. But I'm not expecting it. I think the West is set with their eight teams. Um, I just don't see enough from. I think it's too little, too late for Calgary. Markstrom may finally have um, have woken up. Too little, too late. Toffoli's doing great. Huberto's woken up. Too little, too late. Manjapani might score. Uh, how many games they got left? Whatever the hell it is. 17. 20 goals, 20 and 17. Too little, too late. Uh, here's, the thing with, here's the thing with Calgary. They've got 71 points. So let's say 95 makes it. So they're going to have to go 12 and 5 down the stretch to get to 95. That's a big ask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So th- th- that, that's why the odds, the odds it would be against them to make it because they haven't played that well this season. You know, you know, in the East, we we're saying like Buffalo and Ottawa, they're like tease, they're like tease teams. Calgary's not even a tease team. They're, they're not. Just, they're just like. It's just average. Yeah. They're jerks. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're like stringing you along for no reason. Yeah. Like I last just, night, they even score a goal and they don't score goals. I mean, it's yeah. sure of a Mark's great performance by Markstrom. They're just not impressive. But they have some guys who are really, really gamers on that team. It's helping. Yep. Even the guy I mentioned, Tofoli, Dylan Dubé, mm-hmm. has been great for them. Like, right? But when you mentioned Tofoli and Dubé, they should be depth guys. And they're leading the, the charge right now because, like I've mentioned like numerous times on the show, when you have 82 goals walk out the door and Johnny Goodrell and Matthew Kachuk, it's hard to replace. I find it interesting that, you know, you're talking about off-season uh, overhaul in the front office, and this is a team on the bubble. Which direction do they go? And all they add is that Nick Ritchie, Troy Stetcher. It doesn't make much sense. Like they're kind of stuck in the middle right now. I don't know if I don't know if they could. I don't know if they were allowed to make big changes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The summer. Let's wait for the summer. It definitely makes sense. So, uh, basically, just to recap. Islanders probably get in. They have the best odds out of all those teams we talked to to get in, but Florida could maybe jump in. We're kind of on the same page here that the West is set, which means the Kraken would get in for the first time in history, and it would make for quite an exciting postseason. I know the East certainly loaded up more than the West did, but the West uh, is still competitive. You mentioned Seattle. They're long, long history, by the way. Um, (laughs) Yes. That's a team I'm disappointed didn't make any moves. Agreed. Didn't make any ads. I think they, they like they've won five in a row. Great, but I think there was an opportunity for them to to make a couple of moves here to really push them a, a little bit ahead. And I, I'm disappointed they didn't do that. They were in on JVR. They were in on a few others. They had some cap issues that they tried to MacGyver through. 
didn't work. It blew up. It's funny about Seattle, though. When, remember when they went on the road and won all seven road games? Yeah. And set some record, like the, nobody's ever done it. And people are like, oh, okay, they're a playoff team. Now they've won five straight, and people are like, eh, eh, I'm not really that impressed. It's like the yeah. mindset's changed. And I know they had that rough patch there where they didn't play well, but it's just weird that they've won. And, and like with Vegas, until last night, Vegas has powered through with all the injuries and making moves yeah. and getting Barbashev and Quake and stuff like that. They've won games. Same thing with Seattle. So look, I, I've said this before. You have I have to check the schedule. I don't know who plays who, but you can have a playing game with a division title in the Pacific at, at game 82. The, the, the unfortunate thing is that more and more people start to refer to the East as the varsity and the West as the JV. So I'm not sure that, you know, whoever comes out short of a really healthy Colorado, which I don't think ever happens. I, I don't know if there's an overmatch this year. Not unlike the you know, NFL sometimes. The AFC is better than times and it, 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 there's ebbs and flows. So um, it's going to be interesting to see who actually comes out. Look, I, I don't care who's in the Stanley Cup final. Doesn't matter to me one way or another. Just make it better travel than Colorado Tampa from last year, please. That How about Raleigh Calgary? Or how about Raleigh? That, that's worse. Worse. Oh, that's the worst. Travel wise, <laughs> to pull off Winnipeg to, to I didn't even. I haven't even. I'm not looking because I don't want to. No, I don't want to. I don't even want to jinx myself. Stop crying. Yeah, and I'm, I'll be. Thrilled for those fan bases, but the travel is going to suck. <laughs> Last year, yeah, it was not ideal. And uh, I think they had, had like two days off or something just for travel and definitely not ideal. So uh, we'll see what the Stanley Cup final is this year. And if it's closer in proximity, maybe we'll get Chicago someone in the Stanley Cup final. Not this year. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about this. Just give me something where there's a direct flight and multiple. Yeah, exactly. Like LA, New York. Again, let's get LA, New York. Yeah, that'd be great. Sure. Boston, Dallas, something like that. Beautiful. Boston, Vegas. Chicago, San Francisco. But the Bedard Bowl is very interesting because, man, I've been tracking these bottom of the standings like it's crazy. (laughs) The Sharks will get close, then they'll win a game, they'll come back and beat Winnipeg for some reason. Right. It's fun, though. I mean, tracking this genuinely is fun for the fans. I think this is something that not a lot of people uh, really pay attention to unless you're in these fan bases. But these lottery simulators, Dave, a lot of fun. And I think a lot of fans are having fun scoreboard watching the other teams and hoping they win. It's just such a fun little thing to do. And it's so unique, especially when you've got a guy coming up in the draft like this year. I think a lot of fans are having fun with the lottery simulator and just tracking the bottom of the standings. The top four. Like, okay, you lose out on Bedard, but then your consolation prize is Fantilli? Uh, okay, I'll take that. Oh, you lost those two guys? Shucks. Well, you got Leo Carlson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, I'll take that. Oh, crap, we lost those three guys? Mishkov's next. Okay, I don't know who's after that. I, I got to pay attention. But... <laughs> Zach, you know. But um, I'm looking at, like, I'm looking at these games, and I'm going, Montreal, what the hell are you doing? Why'd you get a point against Carolina? Why'd you get another point? Uh, Arizona, why are you winning these games? What are you doing? Like, I know the guys want to win and all that stuff. And I'm not, I'd like, just as a, forget the athlete side of things. Just the principle of it. I'm going, you, really? Columbus, you pulled off a, a win the other night? Okay, good for you. Could piss your fans off if you don't get number one. I'll tell you that. Clayton Keller said it best. He said the GM probably hates it. We're probably pissing him off, but we're winning games. Players don't tank. We know that. And 
Yeah. You guys know players. You guys talk to players. Like you can't tell an NHL player that losing is fun in any context. Game eighty-two, they could be out of it completely. They will still give it their all. They're this is the mindset's changed now because they're expected to continue to lose. Well, it's a big fu to everybody that thinks that because they're going to want to sw- switch that mindset and pull off some Ws. And if you want to piss your GM off, keep saying that he'll sit you for tank-related reasons. <laughs> And the, but the fans got to say, you're playing for ping pong balls. You're not even guaranteed you're going to pick this guy. I know. And right. even if he comes – look, I know the guy's all world. I see all the things in the WHL. And they make it all – and right, generational player. That's great. Doesn't mean you're going to – ask the, how many cups has a generational player won in Edmonton? Right. Look, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing one right now on Tankathon. Okay. Tankathon, Lottery, yeah, lottery simulator. Go ahead. Now, down, top Dave. three. Columbus stays first overall. Chicago okay, moves up one to second. San Jose's got third. That's it. Great. Okay. That's it. Okay, let's do it again for fun. Ooh. All right, this, this gets moved. Arizona first overall. See? Billy, it worked. Philly gets second overall. Columbus gets third, and everybody else stays the same. All right, whatever. Still fun to do. Just the, the prospect of getting, uh, you know, one of those top four, top five, talk about Zach Benson. Like, it is a loaded draft this year. So, yeah. 2015, I'm still a believer. That's my favorite draft of all time. That's McDavid, Eichel, Marner. Dylan Strome went before Marner, by the way. But this one, 2023, could be astronomical. And I'm so excited to see who picks where. And everybody who watched the World Juniors and anybody who's paying attention to hockey whatsoever understands what's at stake here. So, um, it is hilarious just watching these fans argue on Twitter and talk about uh, how they want their own teams to lose. They're cheering for other teams to win. Go Yotes from a Sharks fan, whatever. It's just fun. So, um, but yeah, I can tell you right now, Dave, Habs fans, you're from Montreal. They're not happy right now. They're like, what? You know, they would feel better if guys like Stavkovsky and Kirby Doc, they're carrying them to wins. But no, it's Alex Belzeal, it's Michael Pizzetta, yeah. and it's Jake Allen. And I don't think they like that. Yeah, and Harvey Bernard. Yeah, exactly. Raps kicking in. Um, you get you, look you, as as a if you're a Habs fan, you get basically two picks in the top sixteen in this draft because of Florida's. That's really good. Be happy about yeah. that. Arizona as well. I just did it again, by the way. Philly, Columbus, Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo moves to third. Wow. Sabres fans rejoice. Oh. You get Leo Carlson. Leo Carlson on that freaking team. Yeah, well, they like their speeds. They do. They got Darlene in there, who's probably going to be a finalist. All right, I got to stop with the stupid simulator because I'm getting everything. Everything's changing on me. Please, fun. But this is, but the, Washington just got second overall. Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, this, this is this is the excitement. You're chasing the, the the playoff race, and then you're watching the bottom of the standings because you want to see what's going on. Is your team losing? Are they winning? Is Eric Carlson tossing his helmet at refs? Like it's just it's a fun time in the NHL right now on both sides of the equation. Exactly. Cheering for your team to win, cheering for your team to lose. Both beneficial this year with this upcoming draft. So, guys, that is the Edgework Podcast, episode number seven. We'll be back next week. Of course, you can check out our best bets of the day at 10.30, Monday to Friday. That's at Edgework. Subscribe to us on Twitter and on YouTube. You can check us out on Spotify as well. And we will see you next week.